Good morning. Bom dia. Buenos dias. That's great. <laughs> this is an international church, so sorry, I, I go. And, no, bonjour. Something like that, but uh, just this, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, my name is Antonio Nasser, and um, it's my privilege today to share the Word of God with you. And um, we are going to. Sorry, my computer closed here. Yeah. We are going to continue in our series, God is Mighty to Save. And we are studying some, some chapters in the book of Exodus. Actually, it's not an easy thing to have in one message the entire chapter. However, if I could divide this chapter, uh, we can do it in many, place, in, in many parts, but if I could just divide this chapter for our understanding, I would say in two parts. The first part is God going deep in the relationship and the call for Moses, calling Moses to go to Egypt. And the second part is, going, is Moses going back to Egypt uh, to do his ministry. I, I really believe that our personality and environment will define our behavior. However, there is a hidden ingredient here. It's when we have sad experiences in the past. When we had some difficult times, it's, it's coming in our hearts. So I think uh, Moses' experience, uh, experience will help us to understand our experience. My goal today is to help us to understand that we can relate to to Moses' person, to Moses' ministry, to Moses' call. When we talk about Moses, we think about this powerful man, this is superman. However, he was a man. He was a person like me and you. So we need to understand what the Lord is doing in this chapter. In order to understand this, let's go back to chapter 3. In chapter 3, verse 1 the Bible says, Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning yet was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. You know what I, I think? I think many times people come to a church like this to see the bush burning. There's some flame here, right? There's something special. There's a phenomenon here. Praise the Lord for that. And while Moses was so impressed about that, he heard a voice, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. 
And he said, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. He was afraid to look at God. Of course, if we're me or you, maybe we were afraid of, of this experience also. However, this fear brings other fears. Moses was afraid of Egypt, actually. In chapter 2, verse 11 to 14, the Bible says that one day when Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and looked, at, looked on their burden, burdens, and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. He looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. When he went out the next day, behold, two Hebrews were struggling together, and he said to the man in the wrong, Why do you strike your companion? Interesting, right? He answered, Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptians? Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, Surely the thing is known. He was afraid. He was afraid of Egypt. So he fled. He was 40 years old. He fled. He fled for surviving, for his survival, right? So it was a matter of, okay, I, I can't stay here anymore. I have to go. I have to, to flee from this place. And Moses went to the desert, to Midian. And he stayed there 40 more years. Now he's 80. He's 80 years and the Lord came to him and said, Hey Moses, go back to Egypt. Second, Moses was afraid of his own people. Exodus chapter 4 verse 1 says, Then Moses answered, But behold, they will not believe me. Lord, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. For they will say the Lord did not appear to you. They do not they will not listen to me. The former experience, experience being a, a helper to Israelites was an unpleasant one, right? He tried to help the Israelites and said, hey, you are not a prince over us. Chapter 4, verse 13 says, Moses said, Oh my Lord, please send someone else. Like us, right? The Lord comes to you and says, hey, I have a job for you. And you say, oh, Lord, I'm so busy. Actually, busy is a very Canadian word. Everyone is busy. <laughs> Every immigrant learned this so quickly. You talk to them and say, hey, how are you doing? Busy. <laughs> it's interesting. We learn very fast. You're always busy. And the Lord comes to you and says, hey, I have a job for you. And you say, oh, Lord, please, can you send this lady here? Send the pastor. He's doing nothing. 
<laughs> well, people think maybe, yeah. Okay, let's change the subject here. So Moses also was afraid of himself, in my opinion. What I, what I, what I received from the Bible. He was afraid of himself. Exodus 2, 12, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Was Moses healed from this angry? Was he ready to face the Egyptians again? His fear brought him a strong re reaction after God's calling. Who am I, Lord? Chapter 3, verse 11. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Who am I? You know, when you, when you have some kind of bad feelings or, or you are hurt inside, you feel like, I'm nobody. I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a person for this ministry. Who am I, Lord? Moses was aware of his limitations. So let's talk about how can we overcome sad experiences from the past. So let's read Exodus chapter 4, verse 2 to 9. The Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? He said, A staff. And he said, Throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground. And it became a serpent, and Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and caught it, and it became a staff in his hand. That, may, that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. Again, the Lord said to him, put your hand inside your cloak. And he put his hand inside his cloak. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous, like snow. Then God said, put your hand back inside your cloak. So he put his hand back inside his cloak. And when he took it out, behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. If they will not believe you, God said... Or listen to the first sign, they may believe the latter sign. If they will not believe even these two signs or listen to your voice, you shall take some water from the Nile, Nile and pour, out, pour it on the gr dry ground, and the water that you shall take from the Nile become blood on dry ground. When you read the text like this, you say, oh, this is amazing what the Lord is doing here. The Lord is showing to Moses some miracles. And then Moses will be much more um, convinced that the Lord is with him. So he can show the signs and the power of the Lord is there. It's true. And I believe this is very true. But I'd like to bring to you something that the Lord spoke to me when I was reading this text. This is a God's therapy. The Lord is bringing some healing to Moses. And we have here three movements. The first movement. What is that in your hand? Asked the Lord. What is that in your hand? Look, the Lord 
is the Lord Almighty. He knows everything. He knows that Moses was a shepherd. He knew that that piece of wood was a staff. But the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? It's in your hand, it's not in my hand. What is that in your hand? I believe here we have the first conclusion is the Lord will use what we already have in our hands. The Lord will use what you have. Do not be afraid. Oh Lord, it's just a piece of wood. It doesn't matter. We'll become whatever I want it to become. <laughs> a serpent or whatever. But I will be with you. What do you have in your hands? What are you afraid of? Second movement of God's healing here. Put your hand inside your cloak. I think this movement, hide your hand, put it out. Hide your hand, put it out. This movement, for me, it's very interesting because the Lord is saying something to Moses. Hey, Moses, you have been hidden for 40 years in the desert. 40 years you were a silent person, talking to nobody. Only rocks, sand, sheep, heat, and cold at night. You were hidden here. Do not hid yourself because when you take it out, it's leprous. So the second conclusion is the result of fear is illness. The result of fear is illness. Who you are? Moses, look at you. You are a person. Look what I can do. I can restore your illness. Take it out. And it's restored. Completely healed. Praise the Lord. Third movement. Exodus 4, 24. At a lodging place on the way the Lord met him and sought to put him to death. Hey, there's something wrong here or not? The Lord called him and now he wants to kill him? This is a very difficult text. But take a look. Then Zipporah took a flint and cut off her son's foreskin and touched Moses' feet with it and said, Surely you were a bridegroom of blood to me. So he let him alone. So he let him alone. It was then that she said, a bridegroom of blood because of the circumcision. This is a very difficult text to understand. And I, I don't have time to bring all the interpretations about this text. However, there is something here very basic. And it's about the circumcision. When we remember this, we have to go back to Genesis chapter 17, verse 9 and 10. And, the God, and God said to Abraham, as for you, you shall keep my covenant. You and your offspring after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep. Between me and you and your offspring after you, every male among you shall be circumcised. 
So Moses did not circumcise his son. Moses was an Israelite. He should do that, but he didn't do. When this happened, and all, all, of, all of a sudden, Moses is going to Egypt, and the Lord met him and said, I will kill you. However, when Zipporah, his wife, obeys the Lord, the Lord let him alone. I will not kill you anymore. So the third conclusion is, when God reveals what is wrong in our lives, we must correct it quickly and return to duties we have neglected. If the Lord is saying to you something that is wrong in your life, correct it quickly, today, not tomorrow. God is mighty to save us from our fears and failures. Praise the Lord. God can heal you today, can heal me today, and all the generations will talk about it. Let's see. Remember Steve, Stephen in Acts chapter 7, before, die, before going to die, before his death, Stephen was preaching to the Jews, and Stephen said, in chapter 7, verse 22. And Moses was instructed in all the wisdom of Egyptians. And he was mighty in his words and deeds. However, in Exodus chapter 4, our chapter, verse 10 to 12. But Moses said to the Lord, Oh my Lord, I'm not eloquent. Either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant. But I am slow of speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him. Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I the Lord? Now therefore go. And I will be with your mouth. And teach you what you shall speak. He said I am not eloquent. And Stephen Fifteen hundred years later, Stephen says he was a mighty man and a mighty in mighty words. So who is right? Both are right. Why? Because Moses was healed by the Lord, and when the Lord does something miraculous in our lives, all the generations will talk about it. Praise the Lord. All the generations will see what the Lord is doing in your life. Moses is now an 80, old, 80 years old man. 80 year old man. Having lived 40 years in the desert. As I said, he was very silent in those days. And he said, I'm not eloquent. But the Lord healed him and blessed him. And used him. And he was a blessing to many people. He was not afraid anymore. He was not afraid of Egyptians. Or his own people. Or himself. He was a mighty. Powerful man. Because of the power of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And the Lord wants us to have. This new life. 
by knowing his divine attributes. We can see this in the texts. First, God is omnipresent. Omnipresent. He's everywhere. Exodus chapter 4, verse 12. I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. At the desert or in Egypt, the Lord will be with Moses. The Lord will be with your people. He's everywhere. He's here today. He's with your family back in your country. He's with your family here in Canada. He's with you. He's now here. Praise the Lord. We are not here just to listen things or to sing songs. We are here to be touched by the Lord and to be a blessing to many people. Remember what the Lord Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Second, God is omnipotent. Omnipotent. He has all the power. Exodus 4, 11. Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or sing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Exodus 4, 21st. And the Lord said to Moses, When you go back to Egypt, see that you do before Pharaoh all the miracles that I have put in your power. So no matter what would happen in this mission, the Lord Almighty would be doing miracles through Moses. And he did it. Plagues, miracles in the desert, many miracles happening. Remember, the Lord is the Lord Almighty. He has all the power. And he gives power to us for us to complete our mission. We have to do our mission in this world, but without him, we can't. Third, he is omniscient. He knows everything. Exodus 3 verse 7 says, Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know, pay attention to this, I know their sufferings. Chapter 3, verse 19. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless compelled by a mighty hand. He knows. Exodus 4, 14. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses and he said, Is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out. To meet you, and when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. The Lord knows everything. He knows about the past, he knows about the present, he knows about the future. What are you afraid of? He knows who you are. He knows about your sad experiences of the past. And he knows all the excuses that you have in not to obey him. However, God will never give up his will and promises. He will never give up his will and promises. Chapter 4, verse 13 to 17. But he said, oh my Lord, Moses said, oh my Lord, please send someone else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses and he said, is there not Aaron your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. 
Behold, he is coming out to meet you, and when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and will teach you both what to do. He shall speak for you to the people, and he shall be your mouth, and you shall be as God to him. And take in your hand this staff with which you shall do the signs. Now Moses has a helper. You know, it's like, it's like saying, Lord, I, I don't know who I'm, I am. I, I, I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid of that. Can you send someone else? And the Lord said, No. But I will give you a helper. It's amazing. I will give you a helper. You will not be alone. Do not be afraid. The Lord can raise helpers to bless our lives. It was like this with so many people in the Bible. Paul the Apostle, for instance. One of the helpers that Paul had was called Onesiphorus. First, uh, Second Timothy, chapter one, verse sixteen to eighteen says, "May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he arrived in Rome, he searched for me earnestly and found me. May the Lord grant him the, to find mercy from the Lord on that day, and you will, you and you well know." You will know all the service he rendered at Ephesus. Onesiphorus, Onesiphorus. This name, the meaning is bringing profit. It's interesting. This guy had in his own name a helper function. He was a helper. He helped me. And he continued to help the church of the Lord. You know, I think and I believe... That in, in order for us to accomplish what the Lord put in our hands, the Lord will bring helpers to help us. However, we all can be a helper to someone. You can bless people. You can help people. You can make disciples. You can be a mentor to someone. You are not here only to learn. You are here to teach. You are not here only to wait for the time of your death to go to heaven. The Lord is bringing you every day, every single week here to tell you that you must be a helper to someone. God will provide everything that we need for this mission. Exodus chapter 4, 27 to 31. The Lord said to Aaron, go into the wilderness. Now the Lord is talking to Aaron, right? Go into the wilderness to meet Moses. So he went and met him at the mountain of God and kissed him. And Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord with which he had sent him to speak. 
and all the signs that he had commanded him to do. Then Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the people of Israel. Aaron spoke all the words that the Lord had spoken to Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people. And the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the people of Israel and that he had seen their affliction, they bowed their heads and worshipped. Let me tell you something. If you obey the Lord, the Lord himself will touch hearts people. He will touch people. He's touching you today. I believe. He wants us to get rid from our fears and failures. He is here today to help us to to have a, a new life in Christ and a new life as Christians. Our God sees people suffering, oppressed, in chains, crying for help. He sees you and he sees me. He sees people around us and in every nation of the world. And like Israel in Egypt, many are suffering right now. And the question is, can God count on you to bless people around the world? The Lord is bringing people to Canada. People from many nations. And why? When I came here in 2006, the statistics about evangelical church in Canada was, the evangelical church in Canada was decreasing 10% a year. Decreasing 10% a year. What is that? You know what the Lord did to help the church? He sent immigrants to challenge you. I saw churches here with 30 Canadians and 200 Chinese. It's not a joke. This is amazing what the Lord is doing. What the Lord is doing is, hey, wake up. You are a blessing. You live in a blessed country. Can you not see that? Go and travel. Go visit other countries. And then you'll see what suffering is. And I came here for the first time. Someone came to me and said, Hey, pastor, let's go to this neighborhood. I will, I will, I will show you the, the poor people of this region. And I went there. And when I was in the middle of that neighborhood... They said, is here. I said, what? No, the poor people, they, they live here. Where are they? You don't know what poor is. You don't know what suffering is. You know what? Because you complain about what you have all the time. 
You complain about your country, you complain about your car, you complain about your mortgage, you complain about everything. But you don't know what suffering is. I'm not saying that for you to go to other countries. If the Lord is coming, is, is calling you to do, do it. But I'm just saying, be aware that the Lord wants you to be a blessing to many, many, many people around you. That's why immigrants are coming, to live close to you. It's not for you just to move out because now there's so many immigrants here. And then let's go back, let's go to the interior. No! Be there. Be a blessing. Speak out about Jesus. Talk about Jesus. Pray for them. Pray for miracles. We are good in our verbal words, brothers and sisters. We are good to talk about how God is powerful. But when we have to pray for the sick, when we have to pray for some miracles, we don't believe, actually. We pray like this. What is your problem? I have a headache. Oh, Lord, bless this person. In Jesus' name. What do you have? Cancer. Lord, com comfort and help this person to go to heaven. <laughs> we, we don't believe that the Lord can heal people. We are good to speak about it. But we don't live like that. So I have two questions. For you tonight, today. The first invitation. I will tell you. I will tell you the two invitations, and then I will go back and ask you again. And when I, I ask you again, I want you to respond if you want. Okay, and your response will be just to stand up. And we will pray together. The first invitation is, would you like to be a helper? Would you like to, would you like to pray for people? Would you like to teach people about Jesus? Would you like to teach some, you know, to, to help people to grow in faith? Would you like to, to grab someone's hand and say, hey, I know the way. Jesus is the way. I know it. Because I live that. Would you like to be a helper? When the Lord called me to be a preacher, I was 18 years old. It was 40 years ago. And the Lord brought me here to Canada 40 years after that. To start my life again. Not because I didn't have place to stay or work to do in Brazil. No, I had a lot. But the Lord brought me here 40 years after the first call. And he said to me, start again. We are always starting again. Would you like to be a helper? The second invitation is... Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you come weekly here just because of the bush, the flame, the fire. 
but you don't know Jesus. You have no intimacy with Jesus. Would you like to receive Jesus today as your personal Savior and Lord? So I ask you again, and if you want to respond, just stand up, the first invitation. Would you like to be a helper? Would you like to be a disciple maker? Would you like to be a mentor to someone? Would you like to say, Lord, use me, please. Heal me. Help me. Give me the power. Give me the miracles and the signs. The second question. Does anybody here who needs to receive Jesus, need to receive Jesus, would you like to say, hey, Jesus, I open my heart today. Just stand up, please. Does anybody? And if you are a helper, pray for them. Look around and pray for people. Let's pray. Lord, it's not about us. It's about you. It's about your glory. It's not about our strength. It's about you. It's about your power. It is not about our knowledge or wisdom. It's about you because you know everything. Lord, I pray... For these people in Jesus' almighty name, I ask you, Lord, that you bring to everyone your call and your power for us to do whatever is necessary to do in this place and wherever you send us to. Lord, I pray for those who need Jesus I pray for those who need Jesus and they are close to us. I pray, Lord, that you use your people to be a helper to every nation around the world for your glory. And may your grace and power and love be upon us every day of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you praise If you want to talk to some pastor or elder or the welcome center, someone will pray for you. Be blessed.